Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I am welcoming Blair Canis. She's president of Coconut Lab. Hello, Blair. How are you? I'm good, Adrian. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, my very first question is, could you please introduce yourself, uh, come back on your pathway, and, um, and as well uh, introduce your company, Kokona? Yes, of course. Uh, my name is Blair Canis. I am the president at Kokona Labs. Uh, we're a company based in Boulder, Colorado in the United States, and we're the creators of 37.5 Technology. Um, I'm an attorney by training. I was a general counsel and director of sustainability at Kokona before moving into this new role last year. Um, you know, this podcast is about uh, sustainability, and I would love to have your definition of what is sustainability. You know, to me, it's really about looking holistically at the impact that your business or even you as a consumer has on the world, on people and the planet and making conscious choices to reduce negative impacts while you know, if you're a business still creating unique and impactful products. But to me, it's all about being conscious of the impact you're having on the world and taking steps to, to reduce it where you can or improve it where you can. So coming back on uh, Coconut Lab, um, I think I would like to, to understand what you are doing exactly. Uh, what range of products are you proposing uh, for what industry? Uh, I guess uh, for fashion industry. But could you please uh, um, go a little bit deeper in the presentation of uh, Coconut Labs? Yes, of course. So you know, we are the creators of 37.5 technology. And so mm -hmm. I'll just talk a little bit about 37.5. It's yeah. a innovative thermoregulation technology. So it can be incorporated into fabrics, insulations, laminates, um, other materials. And we work with manufacturing partners and brand partners to connect them to integrate our technology into their products. So we can be used in fashion products, but we also work with brands in the active workwear spaces. We have footwear and um, bedding and home goods products as well. Um, but 37.5 is really about you know, helping your body stay at its ideal temperature mm -hmm. um, and also its ideal humidity level. So the name comes from um, the fact that 37.5 degrees Celsius is the body's ideal core body temperature. Okay. And 37.5 degrees is the ideal relative humidity that you want between your skin and your clothing. So our technology um, helps you balance both of those and stay in the ideal range to help you stay comfortable and perform at your best. Fantastic. But how does it work exactly? Uh, can you go a little deeper in the, into the, the, the process? The, the, how does it work actually? So it's a patented technology and we use active natural minerals um, that are ultra porous. So they're volcanic minerals. Um, if you've ever gone to a volcanic beach, perhaps you're familiar with all of the pores that are in um, the naturally occurring rocks and minerals that 
from the volcanic process. And so those are permanently embedded into the yarn and they help remove the the moisture from your microclimate between your skin and your clothing. And so that helps your body regulate its temperature because evaporation is one of the main ways that your body will regulate its temperature. And so your body's continually releasing moisture, trying to stay at the right temperature. And if that moisture gets trapped in your clothing, it acts as an amplifier. So it'll make warm feel hotter. It'll make cold feel colder. And so the way our technology works is it removes that moisture, keeps you drier, keeps you more comfortable and helps your body stay at the um, more ideal temperature and humidity, um, but using a natural mineral and not a chemical finish or something that's non-permanent that'll come out in the wash. Wow. Okay. Is there any other uh, type of material you, you put into uh, into the fabric? No, our technology is you know, a natural mineral. Um, it, it's uh, We can incorporate into um, other brand supply chains, and so there's no chemicals that are added chemicals that are part of our technology. Wow. Okay. Uh, c- can you explain us how is it made actually? Because, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think all the people who are listening to this podcast, uh, um, yeah, they understand how, how, how um, a fabric is made. Uh, um, how is it uh, woven? Um, how, do, how, do you, how do you make a fabric actually? License our technology to manufacturing partners around the globe. And so our role in the supply chain is to create master batch that uses our technology. And then we use, then work with um, fiber extruders, um, yarn, um, yarn spinners to then take our yarns. And um, then that is made into the fabric that brands can purchase from our manufacturing partners. Okay. Um, so it's not actually woven in. It's actually incorporated into the yarn at the okay. extrusion phase. Wow. So it's a permanent part of the yarn structure. And the yarn structure, can, can you tell us a little bit more about the yarn structure? What is, uh, what is inside in, uh, in addition to a uh, uh, volcanic thing you put in it? <laughs> so you no, know, our master batch um, is, can be extruded into both polyester and nylon yarns, um, also mm-hmm. recycled um, of okay. both types. And so you know, we take our technology and that's, there's not, there's no, it's not a different type of yarn. It's a, a traditional synthetic or recycled. Uh, and then the 37.5 mineral is incorporated into the yarn. Okay. And so what you let, at the end of the day, what you'll have is instead of a yarn that's only made of the synthetic synthetic material, you'll see actually there's minerals that are embedded in it. And okay. those are the minerals that are in absorbing the absorbing the moisture from your skin and moving it um, away from your body. And so you'll see if you just there's so much more surface area is because mm. these minerals are in it and that's how the technology works. Okay. This is very clear. I understand now. Um, so in, on your on your website, you, you you are telling that you are addressing the synthetic synthetic textile waste. Uh, can you tell me to to what extent you are addressing this uh, this issue? Yes, um, this has been a big initiative of important initiative of ours over the the last few years. So synthetic textile waste is really a pressing issue for our industry. Um, the amount of waste from discarded textiles, you know. Including clothing and bedding is really the highest it's ever been, and 
I appreciate the efforts being made in our industry to increase textile recycling programs. It's so needed, but really the current reality is an overwhelming amount of textiles produced end up as waste. Hmm. Um, we have some statistics on our website, but you know, in the U.S., for example, only 15% of textiles are recycled. Um, and textiles here make up 8% of all landfill waste. Mm. Um, in Europe, I, I believe over half of all discarded garments end up in landfills or burned as waste. Um, so there's no simple answer to this problem. Mm. Um, but 37.5 materials are now engineered um, to address the pollution caused by textiles when they reach the landfill. Um, so our fibers and yarns now include an enhanced biodegradation additive mm -hmm. that accelerates the degradation rate when these materials are landfilled. Um, so uh, we are not claiming the materials now biodegrade overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, jurisdictions, I think, are rightfully wary about companies making biodegradable claims with regards to plastic products. Um, however, based on our testing, um, our 37.5 materials will now break down over decades, um, not centuries, Instead if ever, centuries, like traditional yeah. synthetics. Yeah. So it's, okay. we believe it's a step in the right direction, a step towards goodness that we can bring down. <laughs> we can bring down that degradation rate um, by a significant okay. percentage. Yeah, and, and and by curiosity, uh, do, do you know? Uh, could you explain us how, how does it work actually? The, this biodegradation uh, additive. Uh, I don't know. I I I know you're not a scientist, but uh, I think you can tell us how, how it works actually. Yes. Uh, so it's uh, the additive doesn't make your products break down sitting in your closet. So it, it works when the products are are landfilled, and in that environment, all the microbes are in the soil. It, the additive helps those at those microbes are to break down the synthetic material okay um, and they will actually convert the synthetic fibers at a molecular level to naturally occurring byproducts that would be generated by other waste so paper or food scraps for example um, so instead of kind of the bury it and forget it mentality this actually means that these synthetic materials over time um, can be returned to nature How do you balance uh, the synthetic end-of-life challenges with the performance and durability uh, benefits of your of your product? So the the EB additive is an important part of this puzzle. I think um, you know using recycled synthetic materials is important at the beginning of the life cycle to reduce reliance on virgin uh, petroleum-based products. Um, but I love to see our brand partners choose 37.5 recycled yarns with the EB additive because it completes the sustainability benefits that are offered throughout the textile life cycle. Um, the EB additive also doesn't impact recyclability. So to the extent that um, trying to create that more circular um, uh, economy, that's still possible, but the EB additive does ensure that if that product is discarded, it does end up in a landfill that it's got a better end of life profile than it did if you were not using it. So I think it, to me, since it's all about looking at the product life cycle and all the different impacts that you're having at each stage of it. And as of right now, when a synthetic material actually ends up as waste, this is a important way to address that reality because you know, that's today that just there's, we're not going to in the next few years end up in a place where textiles are not going to be in the landfill. And so we have to find a way to address that 
practical reality that we're facing. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for your answer. Um, you so you know this podcast is uh, is uh, is uh, has been created by Première Vision. You were at Première Vision Paris uh, uh, in July, a few, a few days ago, actually. Um, how do you work with brands actually, and and how is your technology um, is received, perceived by the by the by the brands? Yes, we were there. Uh, so 375 works with our brand partners um, to help them identify and select fabrics with our technology um, from a library of over 7,000 existing fabrics. So once the brand partner identifies the fabrics that they're interested in using in their products, we will connect them with the mill partner to sample and then produce that fabric. Um, you know, if an exact fabric match can't be found in our library, we can also support a brand with a full fabric development at the mill. Um, and we also work with the brand's marketing teams to help provide marketing collateral and assets to communicate the benefits of 37.5 technology um, in marketing to consumers. All right. Thank you very much. Um, let's talk about the future. Um, What is the future of your company when it comes to sustainability? Um, and to, to, are you going to push, push this uh, sustainability part uh, uh, that is part of your DNA uh, in, in the next uh, few years? We are. You know, we're continuing to evaluate new technologies, um, more, even more sustainable ways to bring 37.5 to other materials. Um, also, a focus this year of ours has been assessing our carbon footprint and developing a plan to offset our company's impacts um, that contribute to climate change. So we are focused on sustainability, both on the material side, as well as you know, looking at our company's impacts and addressing them in a, okay. in a formalized way. And how do you see the future of uh, synthetic textile waste um, within the, the next uh, years, decade, century? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, I don't see synthetic textile waste going anywhere. Um, you know, many, many textile goods cannot be recycled because of their many components. Um, I also think read, just read a recent article that less than 1% of clothes are recycled to new ones. Um, mm. Even clean you know, PET bottles can only be recycled a, a limited number of times. So I think we're a long ways away from a truly circular industry with no synthetic waste output. Um, but if recycling is not possible, I think that um, the next best option is to turn our waste into energy in a closed system that does not contribute to climate change uh, and reduces our need for non-renewable sources. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time over the last year and a half learning about the science of what happens in landfills. Um, I think it's important for brands and others in the industry to to do the same because there's a lot of components to understanding you know, the rate of degradation for a synthetic textile and what actually happens to it, um, both in a traditional waste stream like a landfill, um, but also in an ocean, for example, where the degradation rate is much, much slower. Um, and I think if we as an industry can understand these limitations, it can help us design products to address these end-of-life challenges. Um, you know, I think one important benefit of having the EB additive be part of 
a synthetic material is that it can bring the degradation rate in a landfill down to within the 100-year lifespan of a typical modern landfill. And that's important because instead of it continuing to release kind of gaseous byproducts for centuries after those materials are landfilled, they are being released during the time period when a landfill can actually capture those and perhaps use them as energy. So to me, that's another, that's an important piece to complement these efforts is um, for societies to invest in technology and landfills that allow for true energy capture in a closed environment where these byproducts are not contributing to climate change. They're being harnessed as a renewable energy source to reduce our reliance on other energy sources, especially non-renewable sources. So from a very big picture, there's a there's kind of an energy component to all of this as well that um, is probably deeper than we <laughs> intending to go today. And what are the, your biggest challenges at Coconut Labs uh, over the next uh, years? Uh, so, you know, we're very we're a small company um, in a complex supply chain. So you know, I don't see the global economic pressures that we faced over the last few years. Um, I think they're going to continue to exist from COVID and inflation and other factors. Uh, but we're going mm. to continue to differentiate ourselves in the market on quality, on sustainability. Um, and we really want to help brands understand that by working with us, they don't have to choose between sustainability and performance. Um, that we are, that mm. our goal is to be able to offer both in a material um, as best we can to address the sustainability challenges out there. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, our pairs, uh, the fashion industry, the rest of the fashion industry. Um, according to you, how can the fashion industry accelerate its sustainable revolution? You know, I, I think perhaps um, understanding you know, not only the opportunities, but also the limitations when it comes to sustainability mm. to make sure our decisions are science and data driven. I think that's so important. Um, you know, I we find that there's a lack of knowledge or sometimes even just misinformation up, out there about things like recyclability, um, degradation, um, testing, and what that means in this space. And so I think as brands make decisions about what materials they want to use um, because of their uh, sustainability profile, really understanding the science and the data behind that is very important mm. um, to to understand what claims are are accurate and what are um, what are not uh, more on the misleading side. Hmm. You know, in this industry, there's, there's quite uh, the, the emergence of a lot of certification. Um, um, what are the right indicators? What 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 is the right certification? Uh, what do you advise the, the buyers to 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 look at when they are when what they come to Premier Vision, for example, and uh, and uh, what should they ask to the suppliers? You know, uh, to make sure that what they are buying has as less impact as possible on the environment. You know, I think certifications and third party assessments are critical. Um, You know, I'm a I'm a lawyer. I like to see evidence, um, not just talk. And I think third party certifications are an important checks and balances to ensure claims are accurate and reliable. Um, you know, I think it's brands obviously can't be in the mill, you know, 
actually witnessing um, what goes on there. And so I think that they do need to look to certifications to make sure that there's a kind of outside process monitoring um, the, the manufacturing process. Um, the ones that we mm. have are on thir- for 37.5 materials that we stand behind our, you know, our materials are Ecotech certified um, to ensure that there's no harmful um, chemicals in them. We also work with manufacturers who are blue sign certified. Um, our recycled materials are all GRS certified and that's handled by the mill partners as well. But I think those are the, the certifications that kind of rise to the top as necessities. And then I'm not, there's many others that are emerging. And I think as governments start to legislate more around sustainability claims, I know in Europe, that's a big push um, that's happening um, these days. I think it, I, I'm hopeful that the certifications will start to match up with what the regulators are looking for on the labeling side to make it easier for everybody in the industry. Because I'm not sure that we're right, mm. we're there yet um, of mm. matching up certifications with kind of universal claims that all brands can make around their products. But I do think that would make it easier for consumers to understand when they're comparing product to product, um, what the sustainability profiles are of both of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's move to the quick rapid fire question um, part. Um, so what do you want to close the door to in our industry? You know, I would say sustainability claims that lack data and science to back them up. Um, I think they muddy the waters and make it hard for brands and consumers to know what to trust and believe, um, which is bad for all of us Mm. at the end of the day. Uh, Where do you look at to get inspired? So I'm a climber. I love the outdoors and uh, the leadership that companies in the outdoor industry like Patagonia um, bring to challenging sustainability. Um, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? So one of our brand partners, Banana Republic, um, just recently launched a women's line and I bought their flyweight bomber jacket um, with 37.5 technology um, made with recycled polyester. Um, and I'm loving it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And um, my very last question, you know, to close the, the interview is who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? So I, I just read an article about how Eileen Fisher has, is very vocal and about tackling the issues of textile waste and creative ways to solve it. And since textile waste has been such a sustainability focus for us, I think having her on the show would be wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. I will try. Um, it was a pleasure to talk to you. It was it was very interesting to really understand uh, what you are doing, <laughs> or does it work, etc. Uh, thank you uh, for uh, making this uh, affordable uh, and understandable. So so I hope to see you soon in in the real life, uh, in next première vision maybe. Uh, take care and and thanks again. Thank you, Adrian. Bye bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast 
an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion.